The dude. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon from Freda Alley. You know, it's one week until Alan Adler Day, man. Alan we got Adler festivities. Day. We got festivities planned for the week or Alan Adler Day. Yeah, next Wednesday, man. National Alan Adler Day, the Autonomous and Electric Vehicle Summit. Yeah, well, you know, we're having kind of a precursor. We're going to whet your appetite with oh, that today because cool. we have Alan on the show. He'll give us a preview of what's going to happen at that event next week. We're Sweet. also going to talk to him about something really interesting, which is the cost of ownership of a Nicola. We know someone who's mm. had a Nicola. They've been driving it all around Florida um, without a trailer. And the oh. results of what they've been paying for to run that truck and maintain it is interesting. And I wonder if it'll be a sign of things to come. We'll talk to Alan all about that. Plus, we got, uh, speaking of Nicola, they have their third CEO in three years. So we'll find out yeah. what's up with yeah, that. That's true. That's true. Big news out of Hylion. Hylion uh, GE took a stake in them. They got some sort of 3D printed generator that's like straight out of Back to the Future. It can run... I don't know, a dozen, 20 different fuels in it. It's going to be really cool. Speaking oh, of which, yeah, 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 Thomas yeah. Healy is going to be here on Friday, too, to talk all about what happened there. Cool. I love you know, having you know, Thomas Healy. You know who else is on Friday? No. Molson Hart from Via Hart to, uh, you know, get the axe out, talk a little uh, oh, e-commerce really? from eBay, selling toys Sweet. and all the issues that go on with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Love that. Uh, and we got Diesel. Uh, we got uh, flakes, we got Tyler right? from Diesel Laptops. He has been going after us. You know John Deere has their big, like, right to repair stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. touch John Deere stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. His diagnostic tool has been providing diagnostics to John Deere, and he's been getting some interesting letters from the green and yellow. Ooh. So we'll ask him all Ooh, about that. We'll have to dig into that a little bit. Green and yellow getting a little bit uh, John. He's getting Dear John letters from John Deere. By the way, Shopify. <laughs> so this this was just an insider. Shopify is monitoring employees' Slack conversations with channel champions charged with flagging problematic conversations, and it's turning the once candid culture, fearful and secretive, some insiders say. Ooh. Now, does this surprise you? I always assume that there's some IT person reading anything I do, on, like from my FreightWaves account or from my Slack. I have no evidence of this. I just assume they are. I have no evidence either, but yes, I assume they are as well. That's why I don't even have an Alexa or anything like that in my house. Yeah. <laughs> They're always listening. <laughs> well, here's my advice to all you. Just put disinformation within your Slack. Like, never in your Did company Slack, never type what you actually mean to say. Just oh. put complete disinformation there. Use, like, Kick or, you know, another channel. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, do something else. Their digital WeChat. brown coats are out there, man. Yeah, use your WeChat for the, uh, for the salacious in, stuff. That's right. Well, let's tip the band. I see Alan Adler in the bullpen. We'll tip the band. We'll get to him and we'll talk a little EV. Search Translation thinks non competes are stupid. Non competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non compete. It is not enforceable. Instead, what you're going to want to do is email jobs at searchtranslation.com and do what, Michael Vincent? You're going to open up your own office tomorrow, man. Got our boy Alan Adler, Detroit Bureau Chief, with us here today, hanging out in his study. Oh, what shirt is he wearing? Oh, he's got his winter truck shirt on. Sweet. I like that man. Look at him. What a deal, on. huh? Come on, guys. You don't even have it on today. But you have the logo. I have a question before we start. What, what's yeah. the state board, the red state board there on the desk? What is that? You Off, ever see office, office space? space, dude. It's the red swing line. Uh, okay, sorry. I guess I'm out of touch. Yeah, right. well, everything could, up here is uh, a, a Go ahead and watch that movie. That'd be great. Okay. But, I, but I did learn last week, I did learn last week that Pawnee uh, from Parks and Rec is actually based in Columbus, Indiana, which is the home of Cummins, where I was last week. Just I oh, that. Well, why were you wow. at Cummins last week? 
Uh, there was the uh, ACT Research Seminar, which was a very good, it was all based on the stuff we write about, which of course is, you know, um, uh, autonomy and electrification. So it was a, a good catch up with a lot of folks, including our buddy, uh, friend of Freight Waves, Thomas Healy, who was there, then left and then went and made the news the next day. Oh, nice. Well, I'm going to oh. see he'll be here on Friday on this very show. So uh, I'll see what's going on with that uh, generator he made. Alan, I saw an interesting post online. A gentleman that I know, he got a Nicola Bev for his company, a Nicola um, Trey, and they've been driving around Florida. They've been showing it to clients. And uh, he said he's had it for a little over a month. They've put 1,269 miles on it. And mm -hmm. he talked about a little of the good and the bad here. The bad he was talking about was because of the nature of the vehicle, there's nowhere to charge these trucks, right? So he was subject to all commercial public charging. And in doing so, he had to pay about 33 cents on energy fuel costs per kilowatt hour. Um, and the breakdown was like, well, this truck costs three times as much, and I'm not saving any money on fuel, like has kind of been promised. So what's going on with these EV trucks? Are we being sold a bill of goods here? No, 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 not yet. It's so early <laughs> on the infrastructure side. No, I don't think so. I mean, yes, they're really expensive. So in that sense, you're paying a lot of money for them. But ultimately, you know, th th this guy, I read, your, I read your thing that you sent me. And I, I, I got to tell you, th this is it's a true story, but it isn't a complete story. Because because what really happens with so much of this, and Nikola would be happy to to lease him a mobile charger at 175 kilowatts an hour so you could charge up pretty quick. And that electricity would not cost you near 33 cents an hour, a kilowatt hour. Um, national average is about 12 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity, just so you know. Um, but you can obviously, you know, one of the big problems right now for uh, electric trucks, heavy trucks, is there's no infrastructure to speak of. And until we get some either, you know, behind the fence at a company, at a fleet, or some kind of national uh you know, infrastructure going. And you got a little bit of that starting. I mean, Daimler and and, and BlackRock and uh, I always forget the third party are spending $650 million to put in truck infrastructure for electric trucks. But it's not there and it won't be there tomorrow. So it's going to be kind of catch as catch can. And this guy's lucky he was able to charge a truck anywhere, uh, even if he had to use, oh, a, yeah. you know, a car charger because, uh, you know, there just isn't much out there yet. So you need to, as 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 fleets decide they're going to dip their toe into this area, or maybe even, you know, like Cisco went in for 800 trucks, they're going to have to think about how they're going to charge those trucks. What installation are they going to do or where are they going to be able to charge? And so, uh, you know, it's a two-pronged thing here. Uh, no joke, I guess, no, no pun intended there for electricity. But but I think, you know, they've got to have both. It's it's not sustainable, obviously, at 33 cents a, a kilowatt hour. Well, is it sustainable for California? Like California just put out a notice right now, right? They have this big push that you have to be this way at the beginning of the year. Your trucks have to be a certain emission level. They really want BEV in trucks out that way. But they're telling you you got to set your house to 78 degrees to not charge your electric vehicles, to not run your dishwasher. Yeah. I, like it, I'm hearing two different messages. Make it make sense, Alan. I can't I can't help with California, man. I lived there, but I still don't understand it. So, uh, no, seriously, it's it's competing agendas. Right. I mean, you know, we want to get these ports cleaned up. We want to get drayage cleaned up. And, and that's happening. You know, companies like NFI and others are, are buying the electric trucks and they're putting in the installations to charge them. And they are cleaning up uh, some of the environment. But the problem is you've got other things going on in California, like an older underpowered grid they can't really sustain all this so so the grid improvements have to happen before you can even think about having a, a wide 
uh, array of electric trucks out there. Yeah, and 438-some-odd chargers have to be produced per day for the next eight years to reach uh, the level to be able to do that stuff. Let's move on and talk about Nikola. Uh, they got a, we, we talked about uh, Loeschler a little bit, uh, their new uh, CEO that they've got coming in here. Let's talk a bit about that. What do you think about this move? Yeah, three well, CEOs I, in two I years, Alan. Three CEOs in two years. Three CEOs in two years. Yeah, Not always the best yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but Dooner, I'm going to say it again. Did you think we'd be talking about Nikola at this point? Really? No. Did you think we'd be talking about their business? I don't think you did. And and the fact is, these are business moves. He just made some moves this week. He moved Pablo Kozner, that is Loescheller, Michael Loescheller, moved Pablo, Pablo Kozner into the commercial role and brought another person in to do the energy piece. Two presidents working for Loescheller, who will ultimately be CEO in January. Here's the thing. Lo Scheller is well known to Steve Gursky, Gursky being the chairman of Nikola, because uh, uh, Gursky hired him, that is Lo Scheller, back at Opal in the old days, uh, back in the, when, when Gursky was at General Motors, where, where I, I knew Gursky at General Motors. Anyway, he hired him to run Opal. Uh, the last place that Lo Scheller was was at VinFast, which is an electric uh, car company out of Vietnam uh, that is launching some U.S. operations now. But Lo Scheller came in, I want to say in April, I think is when they hired him, they made him uh, sort of president of Nikola Motor. He was overseeing what was going on, you know, as they began to ramp up the the Trey Bev over there, uh, electric trucks, and you know we're you know somewhere over fifty of those built now. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but once again, consider where this company looked like it was heading, you know. So um, anyway, Loeschler looks like the right guy. I mean, Gursky certainly has a lot of confidence in him and and he knows electric vehicles. He has built that out on the passenger vehicle side all over Europe uh, with Opel and others. Uh, his resume is out there somewhere. But a uh, smart guy and, uh, you know, coming in, I mean, uh, you know, Mark Russell's only 60, but he sort of brought this company around, I think, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, getting it on its feet and past some of the some of the Trevor Milton uh, travails. Uh, by the way, that trial starts on September 12th, so mm. we'll have some more fun with that one, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the oh, only yeah. kickoff I'm more excited about than uh, college football tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I know we had, we said, but, you know, he's excited. He's he liked the move. He's out on like a $100 million bomb, but he's still out here buying stock in his own company that he is getting indicted. I don't know. He's hanging out a little too close <laughs> to the stove. Yeah. Trial is close, but uh, you do you, Trevor. How about this Hylion news? How about the Hylion news? They bought this 3D-printed uh, mixed-fuel generator technology. What should we be asking Thomas Healy on Friday about this? What's cool about this? Well, go ahead and bring up the flux capacitor. He'll laugh at you, but go ahead and bring it up. Because I did when I talked to him. I was I was interviewing him in the airport the other day as I was waiting for my flight. And I said, listen, I said, the more you talk about this thing, the more it sounds like a Doc Brown invention. And he said, no. He said, it's not science fiction. Um, what happened was General Electric... Uh, came to them and said, look, we've got this technology within one of our subsidiaries that we think is ideal for your hyper truck. It's a generator and you can run it on up to 20 different fuels, um, you know, methane and hydrogen and whatever. And in fact, you can mix these fuels and they'll still kick out electricity. So what's happening with this, it sounds fascinating, really. I don't know, uh, you know, I mean, highly is going to need a lot more orders and going to need to keep its business Moving forward, they're they're north of 200 orders now for the hyper truck. That is with deposits, not just expressions of interest. We have 2,000 of those. But uh, but I think that you know if they can keep going, uh, the future looks kind of bright over there. And you know it, it's it, but it's going to be such a transition technology. I mean, you know when you talk to Thomas and you ask him when did you start 
thinking that fuel cells were the right thing because you used to talk down on fuel cells and now that's your end game. So, you know, I think, I think that's a question for you to ask him. Um, you know, I remember having sort of a, 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 a debate between him and Trevor Milton when Trevor was free on his own, uh, you know, a, a, about electricity versus uh, fuel cells. And, you know, and Thomas will tell you it's still not prime time, but he's getting to the point where that is the end game for him. Wow. Awesome. And we'll learn a lot more about this in uh, one week from today, the AVEV Summit next week, Alan Adler Day, nationally known as anyway, What can we expect? <laughs> and then, what are you excited about? You the belt is? Do I get to sit there with you all or not? I mean, and last year we did that. It was you a little. sure can. If it was up to me, can. I'd say yes. We've been having special guest hosts. You can always well, you're gonna, you're gonna have. You know, we're, uh, Duna and I are having dinner with uh, uh, with Don Burnett next week, um, which should be great. Don is coming in for the event from Kodiak Robotics. Uh, so we'll have one live guest in the studio, which is cool. And Don is a, a big thinker. He's got a lot of great ideas about what's happening both with his own business and with autonomy in general. So looking forward to uh, sitting down and talking with him. Very cool. Well, you can go register for that right now. Go to live.freightwaves.com. Dot com. It comes up September 7th. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And while you're there, get a ticket for F3. I heard we just announced some bands. Um, I'm not sure if we can even, they're so top secret. I'm not sure if we can even say them on air. So you got to go to live.freightwaves.com to find out so I don't get in any trouble. Well, Alan, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to seeing you right in town in Chattanooga in just uh, under a week. Okay, man. Good. Thanks, guys. Take right it on. easy. Peace. Let's go to Annette Lighton. She's Let's senior VP of domestic brokerage over at Ascent. She might be excited too. Notre Dame, Ohio State. You're taking Ohio State, I imagine. Oh, amen. Oh, Hello there. <laughs> Hi guys, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Where uh, where are you sitting today? I, I like the decor. I like the feng shui. Oh, thanks very much. It's my home office. Oh well, it awesome. looks great. Awesome. You know, today we were going to answer. We were hoping to answer a few questions. This is something that came up in the back, and it was agents and brokers. And I realized something during that conversation. I didn't know the exact difference between them. So let's start with you on this. Maybe you can help us. What is an independent agent and the difference between agents and brokers? Well, you're not alone. Oftentimes people get confused by that uh, clarification, but independent agents are small business owners that act uh, actually operate under the authority and brand of a licensed broker. So they're, you know, small business owners that are partner with large brokers that, uh, you know, that take advantage of the resources and the protections of the small brokerage, but are, are enabled to maintain their complete autonomy. Gotcha. So why would you be an agent? What's the benefit there? Um, as I said, it really enables a small business owner to take advantage of some of the large the resources of a large corporation, primarily shared services and brand. So large corporations, as you know, have uh, large compliance departments to ensure that they age, that the agents have access to thousands of different carriers that have been thoroughly vetted to ensure that they're using a safe and reputable carrier. Um, additionally, they have a large marketing team to promote brand, which helps agents get into new business uh, opportunities, particularly with brand name customers that require a certain amount of age or size for their financial stability with their partner carriers. Um, they have, of course, a, a large uh, advantage relative to finance. So the broker actually provides agents with uh, protections over liability. So uh, 
the the broker, the partnered broker, uh, actually takes on all of the liability relative to accounts receivable, credit worthiness, uh, the accounts payables. Um, so there are quite a few advantages. Yeah, well, it sure sounds like it. Now, should you be partnering with a large brokerage in the context of industry issues? How does a large brokerage help in those circumstances? Sure. So most recently, I know the market's turning a bit now, but over the last couple of years, we've dealt with a pretty extreme issue of uh, capacity. So as you know, uh, carriers, um, they tend to want to partner with someone that they know that they're going to, they have confidence that they have good pay history and a good rating within the, uh, from an AP standpoint and a sizable brokerage with a extended MC history in order to ensure that they can uh, safely transport on their behalf and, and of course get paid for their services. And uh, additionally with customers, again, you want somebody that's reputable. They're, Unfortunately, have been some fly-by-night brokers over the years that have given us, some of us uh, more reputable organizations a bad name. But um, when you're part of one that has worked hard to establish themselves as a, as a respected and trustworthy resource in the industry, it really opens a lot of doors um, for, you know, as, as volumes start to soften now, for instance, we need to keep, everyone needs to keep pushing to acquire more market share. And the best way to do that is to work with an organization that cut, that shippers have comfortability and trust. Right. So how does working uh, with a broker help an agent leverage those resources and uh, the collaboration versus being out there on an island by themselves? That's a great point. You know, as uh, anybody that's owned their own business knows, part one of the most difficult things is just relying exclusively on yourself, right? Everybody loves the autonomy of that. We love the entrepreneurial spirit of having your own business. But oftentimes it leaves you with no one to kind of bounce ideas off of and to really help grow and really push the envelope within your own scope of, of um, you know, ability and skill set. So what, you know, what brokerages offer to agents is really that extension of a network of not only partners to discuss and collaborate strategy with and to imagine how they can help grow their business, but also to partner with them in certain sales strategies and to keep them abreast of specific market conditions, you know, utilize freight waves to uh, really stay on top of how the dynamics of logistics continue to shift and prepare yourself to enable your business to thrive. Do do logos matter? So like when I was selling freight, for example, I went from a very well-known brand to a not very well-known brand. And the number of responses and phone calls I had picked up were drastically different because, you know, name recognition does a lot. It answers phone calls. Does that matter? It matters. A hundred percent matters. I mean, within, no matter what industry you're in, right? I mean, we, uh, buying consumerism is a, is a psychology in and of itself. So you, there tends to be more comfort and more trust with a brand that you know has uh, has has been established and that has uh, you know a following and a and a and a, a core of business amongst your peers whom you respect. So that, you know, you know that w- what you're being promised is what you're going to get. And I think that, um, you know, the brand is only goes so far. It's the people that support that brand and the execution of, of maintaining the reputation of the brand that uh, certainly perpetrates uh, value 
but ultimately it absolutely matters. So it's a combination of not only creating a well-known brand in the marketplace, but of course then following through with the execution and principles and values of what that brand represents. Excellent stuff. So being an agent, did that also help you with uh, the tools and the investment and the technology, et cetera, when you're working with a, with a, Absolutely. So as we all know, we've all, uh, uh, at least those of us that have worked in this business, <laughs> know the struggles of technology. Um, they're constantly changing. I mean, there's a huge amount of advantages to technology as well, but you know, it can be an exhaustive vetting process to understand which tools are going to be best to help uh, you know, support your business and your book of business. Um, what the brokerage then does for agents is, is, is really you know, devotes an inordinate amount of resources into vetting and uh, making the large investment of the proper TMS and all of the additional accessorial tools that uh, go along with that and continuously uh, adapt and adopt new technologies as they come out. That can be extremely expensive for a small business owner. And, um, you know, so eliminating that need for immediate capital investment or CapEx is, is, you know, enables agents and small business owners to really focus on the core of what they do best, which is, you know, procuring new business and executing executing new on their loads and, uh, you know, selling and, 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 uh, running their business. Got you. Well, and that, where do people go to carry on this conversation if they want to know more about the agent model and how it fits into what uh, y'all do? Absolutely. So, um, our representative and, and specialist in our organization for a sense, his name is Thomas Samano. You can email him at Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S dot Samano, S-A-M-A-N-O at AscentGL.com. Or of course, you can visit our website at AscentLogistics.com. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great afternoon. Thank Thanks. You. Wow. So what, what do you think the final score is for Notre Dame, Ohio State? Uh, 34-17, Ohio State. In favor of Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Meanwhile... We got going on here what is going on here nah, nice evening good. just sitting on your porch right <laughs> it's never positive just hanging there oh, oh, no. oh i can hear oh, it coming oh. already oh yeah oh uh, dooner's home <laughs> what's going on here dooner man? did you remember the milk they said so the version of posted said that guy crashed into his mom's house right and he yeah. was trying to avoid a truck at that intersection they said that um don't they don't think that he was drunk or a DUI, but he was definitely going too fast. For I didn't situation. see a truck. Did you? See I don't truck? see a truck. I mean, it's on videotape. Maybe it's back there somewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure. You ever have anyone crash in your house like this? Not into my house. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. I, I see some of those videos of like people that are eating, um, you know, curbside. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. you see like a car. Oh the, god. Yeah. Those are. That I don't understand at all. Where did this guy go? Is he just run off? No, he's still in the car. His airbag never deployed. By the way. What do you tell the cops? Uh, I was avoiding a truck. <laughs> Squirrel right across the road. All right. Squirrel. Well, let's talk to Adam Cunningham. He's partner and chief customer experience officer over at Port X Logistics. Hey, how's uh, Buffalo treating you right now? It's a pretty good time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. You know, I'll tell you that right now. We got Josh Allen on our minds and Super Bowl vision in the uh, in the distance. So. We'll see how it goes. By the way, I don't have the same feng shui that uh, Annette does. I'm pretty drab over here in, in Buffalo. I'm kind of jealous of her background. We were convinced that you were in our office. That yeah. looks exactly yeah. like this. We just have these white brick painted walls all over the place here at Freight Waves. 
And it looks exactly yeah. like that. We were yeah. convinced it was like one of the production guys' cameras at first, and he was just testing yeah. things out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just painted the background on here. Absolutely. No, we were so looking at the, for having me. Well, sure, we were looking at the color. bills too. You're plus six hundred odds, plus six hundred odds. No one's even close, like far and away. Yeah. Um, which we know will be guaranteed to disappoint you this year as you're jumping through flaming tables over there by Niagara Falls. See, unfortunately, <laughs> if you live in Buffalo, you absolutely know that we have that like the other shoe is about to fall type of deal. Is that after losing four seat four Super Bowls consecutively, we believe that no matter how much eternal optimism exists within us, something bad is going to happen at the end. Hence the 13 seconds yeah. of last year is just a continuation. It's pretty tough to be a Buffalo fan so, or a Buffalo. Well, I, I like that he said that though, because you know, his job is chief customer experience officer, right? Yeah. His job is to give people the positive experience, even though Absolutely. they know in a shipping crisis, the other shoe may drop, something may go terrible. Yeah. Because I, I, you're, you're conditioned, right? You've been conditioned. The team has communicated I'm, to you listen. their intent and their goals, which may be to give you heartbreak. I, no, I, I'm from Cleveland, so I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the underdog, and, <laughs> yes. and I live to be I live to be disappointed, right? Especially in professional sports. Yes. I'm just wondering: is Boomer's name like Voldemort? Is it like you're not allowed to say his name anymore in Buffalo because you'll jinx? The... No, no, no. I don't. Think oh, okay. So. All Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood is the name you don't want to see in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, that, that's yes. true. Yes. That's the name. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has reached <laughs> as well. But going going back to, to Dooner's point, I mean, what we try to develop here is we try to develop relationships, not just with our customers, of course, but internally here um, with our drivers. Anybody's lives that, that we encounter and we touch on a daily basis is that we establish that human connection and it fortifies that relationship because we know that things are absolutely going to go wrong in logistics. They're going to go awry. They're going to go sideways. But the true testament of a relationship is being able to take that hit and keep on moving forward. So when we're developing that trust, we're developing that level of um, just kind of integrity throughout our relationships. Um, a, a company like Portex Logistics, we can take the hits and then keep on moving. And I think that's part of my job is helping everybody to develop those close personal relationships and develop that human connection. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, define customer service for us. How, how do you, how do you, what does it all encompass? Is it just a good experience with that? Your delivery just made it on time or, or what does it encompass more? Yeah, I think it's, it's all encompassing, right? A customer experience is basically like everything that happens from the time that you meet a brand to the time that you request uh, an order to be picked up to the time that that order is delivered. It's the full suite of services. It's it's as minute uh, as how is your day today, right? Mm -hmm. um, how are your kids doing? We try to inject a level of kind of personality, a level of intimacy, and try to create not such a bland experience. So customer service um, is really, customer experience is more than, than customer service. It's, it's kind of just one key part of the overall picture of the customer journey and the customer, uh, the customer kind of uh, life cycle. 
How do you deliver on that? Because, you know, in dealing with freight, uh, all different businesses have different models. Some have the cradle to the grave approach. That can be great because then you're a rep serving a company. You know everything about them. But the problem is that if you're that company, you get signed a crappy rep, then your customer service is going to suffer because you have an awful rep. Then there's the other companies that there's all different touch points. So you're never really sure who you're going to communicate with, which that also can have its advantages and disadvantages. What is your approach to that to make sure that those communication gaps are singed? So we are all in on cradle to grave. So at my former, we'll say my former life, former place of employee it was entirely segmented. We had a rates division here. We had a dispatch division. We had a customer service and tracking. Um, and we just had all of these silos. And what we had found that there were so many gaps in these silos. So then when we founded Port X in 2017, we said no more silos. We knew that there was absolutely a better way we wanted to build familiarity with the customer and the team. So it's all streamlined. Um, let's say we've got uh, a FreightWaves team. FreightWaves is our customer. The rating, tracking customer service, dispatch, operations, you get one key account management team that knows everything about you, that builds that relationship, that knows your customers, that knows you. Uh, we create, we've, we've, destroyed that siloed approach. And we feel that, um, you know, based upon our success and our experience, that that's, that's been very fruitful for us. And hopefully it will continue to be. We'll believe so that that's the plan. Yeah. So, Adam, we just gone through a and we're still in the midst of a very, very important, uh, I, I guess, use case study. Right. Right. A business study. Right. And uh, with with you're dealing with all the ports and the crisis that we've gone through and are coming through. You've got a lot of angry customer and people, shippers and 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 customers, BCOs, et cetera. How important is it for that customer experience and what is involved there from really setting those expectations to holding their hands through a crisis uh, of delayed shipments, et cetera? So we have built our business on proactive communication. And then secondly, communication, communication, communication. What it, it's all about information, informing, being subject matter experts, having your ear to the ground, being able to convey again proactively what could happen, what is happening, what may happen. Um, work hand in hand with the customer. Um, with the drivers to kind of foresee, predict problems, and then troubleshoot them and come up with a solution to them as quickly as humanly possible. Bad things, as we mentioned, bad things are going to happen in logistics. The state of affairs right now, especially when it comes to zero chassis available, we've got congestion on both sides of the coast, and we just need to be proactively communicating those problems, especially when it comes to the back end, when people receive those wonderful per diem demurrage chassis invoices that everybody is prepared. That's that's what looks good. How about what looks bad? What's a poor customer experience that we allow to happen way too often in freight? Oh, geez. So blindsided charges, right? So you've got a container that's uh, what we like to do is once we get an order dispatched to us, we begin tracking that vessel from depart from origin departure all the way to the birthing terminal in the United States. So let's say something is floating from Shanghai all the way to Phoenix Marine Terminal in, in Los Angeles, California. So we're tracking that vessel as it goes over the Trans-Pacific and as it arrives. So we're giving our customer 
daily updates of the status of that box. So if there's a line hold, if there's a customs hold, they know about it so they can work to, to so that they can work to fix it. And a lot of times people just kind of uh, we'll just say trucking company B just doesn't give updates doesn't provide proactive communication about where the box is. If there's holds on it, container goes into demurrage. It's a couple of days into demurrage. And they say, oh, by the way, um, box is in demurrage. You're going to have to clear this. So again, blindside. What we try to do is we try to avoid all blindsides by being proactively communicative um, throughout the, the shipment lifecycle. It's all about communication. I hope that's right? a good example. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, no, absolutely. it's a great, it's a great example, and you're right. We understand the good supply chain in this business. We got to do a better job sometimes of understanding the information supply right. chain. And that comes to the simplest methods of tech, just picking up a phone to getting the right TMS to even more that conversation we were having last week about getting into cloud computing in the, in, the, in those right situations and all. Yeah, that. absolutely. It, it, like like Adam, like you just said, it's so valuable to call up and say, "Hey, this just happened. We're working on it, so sit tight. This is what's possible, but we're working on solutions instead of hoping for the best." Don't let them know that's happening. We all got a boss. We all got a boss in this game, right, Adam? Everyone has someone else that's looking for something at any given time, and they need some answer. They have to give to someone else, so they're relying on you to get it. Well, you yourself may be relying on someone else to get information, too. For sure. We've got something really cool. As you guys have had Tommy Turbo, Tom Zeiss on here on What the Truck, and uh, our TMS platform, Turbo, uh, recently integrated with OpenTrack. So we're able able to have that feed of the container status come in uh, to our customer's dashboard. So it makes it great, easy, visible for them to find. Um, It's just really cool. So we use a combination of, you know, state-of-the-art cloud technology and then being human beings um, to create a really cool customer dynamic uh, for everybody that interacts with us. And one thing that I really wanted to mention, I don't mean to to stretch it out here, but uh, I work hand-in-hand with uh, our chief heart officer, Dr. Dion Kress. And uh, what Dr. Dion and I do is we work monthly with the team to talk about how do we enhance our relationships with our customers? How do we build a stronger connection? How do we be better human beings even? So, you know, Dion is a social worker, a therapist, a fitness instructor, a yoga instructor. And as one of our employees actually said during our meetings, it's difficult for me to fake it until I make it. I can't be this. I can't be um I can't be an excellent customer service conveyor if I'm not feeling right. And what Dion does is she works on the inside job so that when we come into the office, we're feeling good about ourselves. And that emanates and the customer feels that. And I think if you talk to a lot of PortX customers, they'll tell you that that when they come in the door here, they're treated differently and it's a different experience. I love it. A little freight therapy. It's awesome. Freight therapy. It's uh, awesome. Get, getting your head right, which is a place we all need to get it in this business. Hey, if people want to reach out to you, they want to connect with PortX, where do we send them to? Sure. PortXLogistics.com for sure. That's our website. If uh, anybody wants to talk to me personally, always available for conversation. Adam at PortXLogistics.com. So uh, welcome to the revolution, guys. Well, good luck to uh, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, and uh, the rest of that Bills team. There I you go. They'll, they'll do wonderful this year. It was a pleasure speaking with you, gentlemen. Take care. Take, take right care. on.
Yeah, those are the old bills. Those are the bills I remember. Those oh, 1990, yeah. that, that four-year straight yeah. run of oh, yeah. Unbelievably bad. bills. I didn't want to bring that up too much to him. You know, I'd, I'd a painful, but bad. you know what? It just makes the victory that much more sweeter. Yeah. I remember, like, my dad and I used to get KFC before those ones. Uh-huh. They were always terrible. He'd fall asleep during the game. Yeah, and then, so, like, at well, a point, yeah. by the third time the bills made it, it was just, it was like, they're going to get killed. They're going to get beating anyway. I was a Browns fan, so I was just like, ha, yeah, suckers. Uh, they used to have the Bud Bowl back then, though. Yeah. Yeah, they should bring it back. That's bring it true. back. What, what happened to it? Search frustration thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It's not enforceable. Instead, people, what you're going to want to do is email jobs at searchtranspiration.com. And then what are you going to do, Michael Vincent? You're going to go open up your own office tomorrow before kickoff. Yeah, and here's a little cowbell for all you who have gone and done that. In the meantime, we're going to talk to Back the Truckers Rooster and Super Trucker because a lot of weird stuff's been happening in the world of trucking <laughs> no this kidding. week, especially uh, within the past 24 hours. Hey, guys, how <laughs> you doing? that again. It's Pasta Geddon. It's Pasta Geddon. Rooster, you know, is weird... that the hat I sent you? Are you I, I can't, you're kind of far away. Uh, no, this has come from uh, OTR when we did oh. our trip up there. Oh. Did you get the hat I sent your way? I... No. Weird. I sent them last mm. week. Everyone else has sent me pictures saying they got theirs. Maybe that that barbershop lane is harder to find than, than some of these barbershop other lane. Is that the? Is that it? I don't know. That's barbershop road, Dooner. <laughs> did you send it to the wrong place? <laughs> no, I maybe I did. Barbershop lane. I don't know. I'm just going off memory that. here. You know what didn't make it to the right place? This shipment of tomatoes, 150,000 tomatoes, oh. sitting all over the highway. Rooster, what happened here? Uh, don't know if it was a. Uh, inexperienced driver with a top heavy trailer or somebody taking a nap at five in the morning on the, on the I 80 out there at a Vacaville in California. Uh, as you see, uh, it didn't turn out too well for the tomatoes. I don't know if this was a, uh, a hind shipment or who this belongs to, but it's, as you can see, it turned into a well ground up mess. You know, the, I, I reckon we need to talk to our friend Pastafarian to find out if we was doing a uh, tribute to the pasta gods here. You know, we had a truckload of tomatoes, California. We got Alfredo and oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. I'll bring you there, Rooster. I'm not done with this one. What are you doing here? Get your own show. Hey. All right. There's a cop here. This guy, Highway think- Patrol Officer Jason Trist, he said that these things are slipperier. The skins on these things are slipperier than ice, and it said there were four injuries, and one of them was a broken leg. Did this happen during the accident, or is this just people, like, slipping and sliding all over the place on the tomatoes? Uh, probably the cleanup crew, when they had to scrape all this stuff up, you know, try to get the road back cleaned up. Uh, you know, they brought out the Bobcat loaders and the refuse trailers, scraped all this stuff, dumped Ooh. it out, and... Uh, you know, uh, makes makes some good compost. You know, they're all about that green stuff out in California. <laughs> I guess so. Well, he also <laughs> said it was a red sauce about two feet deep across there. He did, yeah, just from all like, the smashing that was going on. <laughs> yeah. Justin, take a look at this video. Tell us if it makes you hungry. What's going on there? What you're looking at is an entire truckload of Five Brothers Alfredo sauce rooster uh, in jars that smash all over. So the, the thing about that, too, is it's not like it's just like pure bags of Alfredo. There's glass all in that. So if animals come over and eat oh, it and stuff. Oh, there were jars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. are a bunch of jars of Five Brothers. The uh, On the news, yeah. they were saying there's bugs all over the place oh. out over there. Uh, yeah, that she was saying it was, was humid disgusting. and it smelled bad. <laughs> I think what happened this or this wasn't this morning. What happened last night with the Alfredo? Yeah, this just makes yeah, me weep. Um, that's that's going to be a hell of a cleanup because it's it's glass too. A lot of comments online thought it was like one just gigantic sack of uh, Alfredo, but all those jars—you're talking glass. This is going to be a lot of cleanup for a while. 
This was right here. Oh, the smell. Rooster, this was right here in uh, Tennessee, right? Yeah, it was Memphis over uh, Riverside Boulevard overpass, the trailer clipped overpass and ripped the side up, but side of it open. And yeah, it is love bug season down here. So uh, uh, very good attractant for those little buggers. Yeah, that's got to be un. That's like a hazardous spill right yeah. there, right? Rooster, you ever, have a, you, you ever have a spill when you're out driving like this? Uh, n- not like this, you know, little spills in the back of a trailer, but you know, not, not nothing this massive. Yeah. I, I, I had a bad one once. You did in, in LTL. Yeah. I had a driver coming back about from a, a P and D route, about 75 miles and a five gallon pail of the odorant for natural gas. Yeah. Uh, spilled. Oh, and, mm. uh, so we were shutting down oh. communities for 75 miles across central Pennsylvania because of the stench, like one tablespoon of that stuff will cover like a square mile with oh, wow. the stench of natural gas. So yeah, it was uh, not a good day. Can you clean that? Tra- Cause I was looking at the Alfredo trail and I'm sure whoever like would have been charged tasked with like cleaning up the actual trailer was excited because it got destroyed. And that looks like a, a total <laughs> loss. Nobody wants to mop that damn thing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm not mopping that thing. Yeah. Do they have to do, was your trailer? like did they have to get could you go was it safe yeah, to go no, yeah, well, yeah no i mean it doesn't hurt anything but yeah it had to be quarantined it had to announce everything on the news and stuff because people were shutting everything down because of gas leaks so what would be slippier I, I guess the tomato skins would be what's worse there the alfredo or the tomato skins the the the, the tomato skins sounded a lot slipperier yeah i was wondering which one's more slippery i i would think that the alfredo gets sticky quick though yeah <laughs> Rooster, right. we've been on air. We I've been monitoring the news for about Jeez. an hour since I've been preparing for this show. Has have has any pasta trucks or anything crashed in the meantime? <laughs> I haven't seen pasta trucks, but there is a meme of a spilt corn truck going around <laughs> now. So, so uh, I don't know if that's current or not, but you know, there people's picking up on it. There's something it's got going the, on it, here. It's got the dude in the yellow, the yellow uh, blazer, the blazer yeah. suit. It's like corn truck, and he's like coming out of the woods. Oh, is that right? Like, yeah, he's coming to get some of that corn, man. <laughs> I love it. Hey, speaking of like internet weirdness, there was this, in, I remember it was, it was Friday, right? We saw this invoice. Show us invoice right here. It's this $30,000 invoice to repair mm. this Chevy Volt battery. And I remember nice. when you first sent it to me, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta at least figure this out, right? We gotta call the because it looked like was it. I didn't know if it was like an anti EV meme and someone was just or it was an extreme example, yeah, yeah, or yeah. this was actually what people are being charged for these batteries. And the reason why is who the hell would do this to a 2012 Volt, right? A Chevy Volt when she's get a new car. So that's get- what that got me confused. I said, Rooster, can you call this dealer up? Rooster, tell us the story behind this whole thing. I didn't want to call this guy. I felt sorry for the general manager, but. Finally, you know, about 4 p.m., I finally called the guy and got an interview with him. And according to the manager, it's, you know, it's 2012 volt. That battery's not made anymore. Any batteries you find are usually reconditioned. I got a name to a company that made the battery, but they reached out to me and said, uh, no, they don't make that battery. So kind of back to square one where this battery comes from. And if it is and truly, you know, a $24,000 battery, uh, according to what we can find online of, GM parts online, it's you know like a six or seven thousand dollar battery. So we don't know if we may have a a, a, a what what they call a no quoting where the, the dealership you know if inflates the price so high that the customer doesn't want the service done to get get where they don't have to deal with it, or if uh, you know we may have a price gouging situation here. This isn't like medical bills, right? You can't they can't just inflate the part and send it to warranty, can they? Or can they? Uh, this, this thing is gone out of warranty, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, yeah, because it's 10 years. It's way 10 past. 10 years, 100,000 miles. But only the thing was, it only had 70,000 miles on it, which was the uh, 
the curious thing about this 2012. They didn't use it much. 70,000 miles they since didn't. 2012. It's I mean, it may have been like a retiree it's South Florida, or something. Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so what, one of the reasons we want to determine the price, too, is this is a big topic. Everyone wants to know about this cost of ownership on EVs. Now, we already saw the energy thing with that that BEV. This is much different. This is a Chevy Volt, not yeah, a semi-truck. Totally but what we really want to know is, was the dealer, you know, the dealer, he, the price he quoted to you, that invoice, he only had a 20% markup if that was the real price. But we found out since that, like, that battery may have been more like 6,000 or 7,000, right? Rooster, not 22,000. And he was just doing normal business, which I would say like a 15 to 20% margin is fair. Yeah, I don't know if he's trying to uh, compare that 2012 volt battery to a Tesla battery pack replacement, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's it doesn't seem right. You know, if it's only $7,000, you know, it, a 20% markup will be reasonable, you know, $9,000 dealer price out to you for the battery would be reasonable but 23 24 it don't it, there's something not right here is it because he can, maybe yeah, he can't but, find a car didn't you say you were just at a toyota dealer and they i was at toyota acura here in uh, yesterday getting my uh tacoma worked on zero inventory zero mm. and you can't order you can put your name on a list for a car and if one of them's coming in and you're top of the list that one's yours that's it wow yeah like the hunger game is but for Toyota. To yeah, Vegas. it's crazy. It's wow. absolutely crazy. There's a Ford Raptor shortage too. All the uh, the guys in uh, Houston who leave the military and join the oil fields, they're they're freaking out. Oh, is that? Right? <laughs> oh, it's true. I know. Like <laughs> no Rack Lab was talking about. Like I'm not even joking. Those Houston. are badass trucks. They I like those. Actually. That's like they're no. I like they, those yeah, too. They leave the military, cool. get the Raptor. Join I mean, the what is the value of a, of a what's the value of a ten year old Chevy Volt with seven thousand seventy thousand like eight thousand right Rooster? We like look. Yeah. We were yeah. looking uh, it up. Although we're pulling up the blue book and everything on it. Although for sale, remember we pulled up Carvana and like a 2014 with like 60,000 miles was still like 22,000 bucks. Yeah, really? But you get an entire car with it. Yeah, but that's it's not just still, the battery. That's a pretty, but then you might have to pretty good that residual value after Yeah. I would say in tech like that, you would just go with a newer model though, right? At, at this, Maybe they're like really into eco. People say they're into eco all the time. Maybe these people put their money where their mouth is and they don't want to throw a car away. They want to put a new damn battery in it, regardless of the cost. Yeah, you know, I I know some people. I mean, yeah, I've got a father-in-law that would have done that. Let's check out some road rage. Take a look at this here. You guys, so this guy's getting out of his truck. He stopped in traffic, and he's going to give this person some lip. You guys ever, have you gotten out of your truck and, and uh, confronted So, Oh, look at that. Oh, ooh. Yep. Oh, wow. Ooh. Looks, oh, like that, got a kick. looks like that goat I encountered in Virginia. He's going to give him a, look, he gave him a thrust, too. He, he gave like, him a thrust? Yeah, look he was at like, that. your window or oh, something. Sorry. I don't even know what he was doing. <laughs> no, getting... Getting out of the truck makes absolutely no sense to me. You're already the bigger vehicle. Just yeah, but this might it. make less sense. Take a look at right. this. Oh, oh, oh nice. Showed him. You showed him. <laughs> I showed you. <laughs> what do you think he was trying to accomplish there, Justin? You think he's trying to, like, he got so pissed off, he's going to back into him and say that you rear-ended, that, that uh, yeah. truck rear-ended yes. him? Yes. It's I have no idea how it started, problem. but he, he was. He looked like he was uh, not trying to pick a fight, but finish a fight. <laughs> I like yeah. his thrust. That, that is extra <laughs> the powerful. thrust is good. He looks like Uncle Rico. Rooster, um, what's the closest you've come to getting out of your out of your truck or just gotten wait, wait, wait. lost your ass on someone while driving? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> is awesome. What a tar. Uh, well, luckily, I've never been in a situation where I've gotten that mad. You know, uh, uh, I'll show you. Sometimes... I'm going to ruin my car. <laughs> I want to see you fail more than I want to see myself succeed. I'm going to beat like your fist repeatedly with my face just Here's because the Kevin of Chang meme, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Basic no. foot style, how you like it? 
<laughs> no road rage you want to admit to. How about the cool? Let's talk about the coolest thing that you've ever hauled. Let's take a listen to this tape. In previous years, we've always brought two cars to the track. Here you see a backup being loaded in there. But this year, we've only been bringing one car to the track. Because of the pandemic, we have not had practice or qualifying at most tracks, and therefore, there is no need for a second car. In previous years... I love this stuff. So we've been talking about concert trucking and, and Rammstein touring and all the trucks needed for that. Here's some NASCAR truck. And if you look at that trailer, it's really unique, right? It's, it's, yeah, 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 I believe yeah. it's a reefer, too. It's even yeah. air-conditioned in there, and it's got hydraulics and all of that kind of stuff. Really sick stuff. Rooster, what do you think of the uh, the trailer NASCAR hauling, and what's the coolest thing you've hauled? Uh, they're, they're real unique, you know, they're purpose-built trailers, you know, uh, probably multi-million dollar units just for themselves. Uh, coolest thing I hauled way back in the day, I hauled, uh, components for Patriot missiles. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Justin, I mean, you, you've hauled some cool stuff. You actually showed us that you've been at NASA before bringing stuff. What do you think of the, the NASCAR drive? And you ever consider uh, pulling a trailer like that in a previous life? And what's the coolest thing you've hauled? I talked to a NASCAR driver at a pilot truck stop once and they really take care of their guys. He gets flown out to where the truck is parked. So when they get to the track or when they're done for the, for the week, they fly him home. Um, they have a really cool setup. Uh, I really can't talk about most of the cool stuff I hauled when I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah I, I, with, with Schneider, ammo um, explosives. <laughs> I went to uh, Salisbury, Maryland and they were taking um, aluminum and making the fins out of mortars and they explained to me like how their whole supply chain works. It's completely decentralized in case, you know, we get in a war with somebody and that plant gets taken out. There's like six other backup sites. Oh, um, so that was cool. They didn't so, do that with toilet paper, I see. Well, when you're watching no. like movies, right? And you see like the, the semi trucks being driven by like government agents. Is it was yeah. that like you? Yes and no. Um, they He's not a little more flashy <laughs> in the movies. So yeah. have you ever hauled Justin? Were we ever so cool that they didn't even let you know what you were hauling? Oh, all the time. Ah. Mm. So he, you that, could have brought like the aliens or the space shuttle or all you, that kind of did stuff. Did you ever come mysteriously magnetized for several weeks after hauling a load? No, I went to oh. Creech Air Force Base, which is just <laughs> over the hill from Area 51. I got of course, you. I had to like open open my big dumb mouth and ask them a bunch of questions. And they were like, just shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like, YouTubers go there. They go to Area 51 where the signs are like, don't trespass beyond this point. And they're always like shocked and surprised when like a bunch of guys show up on ATV. Well, remember they, they were going right to storm it? it. Remember they were, they were organizing to storm it a couple years back? Like Justin, yeah, isn't they can't this, catch us all? Here's the truth about mess. Here's here's the truth. Here's when you're messing with things, don't mess with like board security. Like for example, exactly. like Area 51, not a lot happens there, but it's a high point of interest. So the security guards there always have to be alert, and they always have to, and they're just dying for your dumbass YouTube channel to show up and step one inch over that line. Yeah, there's not a lot of coyotes yeah. and stuff like that to shoot there. No, so it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of young guys in their 20s just trying to get through the day so they can go to the bar at the end of the night. And they would love nothing more than just have a little bit of excitement for the day. So, yeah, you're just doing them a favor by uh, getting stuffed into the back of a Jeep. Yeah. By the way, that that like that NASCAR, that NASCAR and the tour hauling, what I know from people who do it is it is awesome but you got to be single. Like you can't have a family. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, because you're, you're driving the all the time. Yeah. You're driving through the night. You'll get treated like a king. I mean, you will get catering. You will get paid more than a lot of other lanes. Yeah. You will know your schedule as long as the tour is going on or right. the, the NASCAR thing is going on. Right. And um, you get to eat with the crew. You, even, you, you get all that. You, you get to check out the shows, the catering. It's a good time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Great lifestyle for a while when you're young. 
Yeah, you gotta yeah. get it out when you're young. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're we're a bunch of old bastards, so it's too late for us. How about this? <laughs> and we might have to share the road with these things. Take a look at this autonomous truck here, this Waymo here. My buddy Santano Truck and Goomba. He was upset. He said he was stuck behind this. Uh, he said stuck behind the automated jack off mobile for miles. Trucks right lane only section. The saw line of cars and hammer lane. It was doing 65 and a 75. Nobody in front of it. Middle fingers to its face. I had to mute the video because of my language. He is really upset about this uh, autonomous truck. What do y'all think? They're they're not just on the way. They're here. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. He's right there. So what's better, Jackoff Mobile or Lot Lizard for a uh, name of a trucking company? Ooh. Definitely Lot Lizard. It's a good alliteration. Lot Lizard. Okay. You thought about it for a minute there, Rooster. <laughs> well, he had to, he had to <laughs> consider all his options. You're going, hmm. Uh, How about this one? Is this ever happening here? <laughs> Has this ever happened to you over at the Fuel Island? Check out this dirty, grimy move that this guy pulls. And you tell me who you think is in the wrong here. Oh, no. Oh, I've seen this a thousand times. Oh, oh, no. uh, okay, yeah. who's got the right away there, guys? The rooster, we'll start oh, with you. Guy. Who? Uh, I would say the guy coming in, that, that guy on the left has been parked there for a while. He's already got his lane picked out. So it's not so the the, the and look he's coming uh-oh, out uh-oh. too. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Think he's gonna so, give him the thrust move? Well, does he think so? He, is this <laughs> what is the etiquette uh, for the new truckers out there? What is the fuel island etiquette? Do you get in a line or is it you kind of get in the center and then you just everyone lines up behind you and you go to whichever lane opens up? Well, the guy on yeah, the left, he was way far back, so I mean, he he wasn't even technically in line. I mean, he was all, all, almost a truck leaf behind the trailer in front of him. So I don't know what his plan was. What do you think, Justin? You got to be in line? Yeah, especially when you start stacking up two or three deep like that. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you get to go next. Other times, you know, it's the guy next to you that goes. It's just the luck of the draw. Yeah. Mm. I would imagine straight on wins, right? If you're straight on, that's you. I would imagine you see that yeah. all the time. I, you guys have to see it all the time. Yeah. You get frustrated. I imagine like it happens mm-hmm. so often it pisses you off, but you're not really going to get out of the truck over it because it's just another day. Yeah. The only time I ever got out of the truck like that was when uh, my dad and I were driving together and we were backing into a spot and some guy cut in just like that. And I got out and gave him peace of my mind. And then it started raining. And I was like, well, I should have just stayed in the truck. See, I don't, I don't do it because I'm not tall enough to do like a hip thrust at the at the windshield level of uh, at the window nor level the balance, of the truck, nor the balance. Yeah, or the balance. The you you got to do that hip thrust that that guy did before smashing into the car. Yeah, I agree. Well, Rooster, you are on a farm, so we're going to need your expertise here. This police officer found himself in a uh, goatee situation. Take a look at this video. Out of there! <laughs> uh, nothing like Alabama and a bunch there. of goats. Now this this cop says <laughs> he says he, he says he leaves his his patrol car open because a lot of times he gets chased by dogs and he has to dive into his car like a, a quick getaway. Don't need that. His paperwork. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, what he said. The laptop. It looks like the laptop's gone too. Okay, how quickly will goats destroy your crap? Uh, instantly, they eat anything, man. How how would what would you do to wrangle these goats out of there? Uh, Why is this going on top of his quilt? (laughs) (laughs) You just have to grab him by the horns, drag him out. Probably get get bumped, but you know, that's part of the job. Quit eating that. 
There's the civil papers. There, he's trying to serve Deputy Casey throwing don't back to County, Alabama. He's trying yeah. to serve thoroughly. Don't you civil papers. There, maybe they're working for the homeowner. Those are smart goats. They know the maybe. owner gets taken away. Then who's going to look after the goats, right? A good goat will do that. You know that. I need, I need guard goats. Hey, you guys just dropped a new episode of the Back the Truck Up podcast on audio podcast players everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, Justin, what are they going to be hearing when they tune in? Uh, JPB, we're not going to try and pronounce his last name. We tried on the podcast and failed. Um, he went to Armenia, talked to guys that were double brokering out there, talked about branding, talked about memes, uh, how to grow your company uh, and stand out amongst the crowd. Very cool. Yeah, Freight Caviar, you've seen his uh, article from Back to Truck Up, his double brokering series. These men talked to him. You've seen him on the show before. Find him at Super Trucker. Find him at, uh, what's it called? Rooster Beat You. Find me at Timothy Doodle at C-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Michael Vincent, the dude. Go to backtotruckup.com. Subscribe to the show. Don't be a stranger. And tell him how to be. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere. <laughs>